coming up this week on Breaking Badness. It's a very special episode because it marks our 150th episode. It is so special, we decided to make it two episodes. That's right, we're keeping this party going for two weeks. Join us as we celebrate this sesquicentennial milestone. And yes, I had to look up how to say sesquicentennial. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 150, recorded on multiple dates in February of 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie, not the Linux Fencil. If you're familiar with our voices from InfoSec series, you know we like to talk to folks in the field about their paths at InfoSec, some of the work they do, what makes them tick, and what they like to do off the clock. And we've had the privilege of speaking with some wonderful people in the industry, including, but not limited to, Caitlin Kiska, Null Cookies, Paul Vixie, and so many others. But have you ever wondered about the domain tools, voices you know and love on the podcast? Over the next two episodes, we're going to do just that. You're going to learn more about our core team and our wonderful bench of colleagues who join the podcast when needed because everybody deserves some time off every now and again. So with that, let's dive in and you can learn more about the people behind your favorite InfoSec podcast. All right, we have Tim Helming, security evangelist at Domain Tools with us today. Um, And Tim is one of the main co-hosts of Breaking Badness. You're likely familiar with him. If you're not, you're going to get a chance to to learn a little bit more about him today. So, um, so Tim, I know folks listening might like the long version. I, I definitely would like it too, but you know, we've got a lot of folks, uh, we got to, we want to talk to you today. So, um, can you share an, uh, an abbreviated version of your path to InfoSec? Yes. Uh, I will try to be concise. First I was there and now I'm here. How's that? <laughs> That's great. Is that, is that good? Okay, uh, cool. I Next see what question. you did there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I love this question because there are so many articles and social media posts and whatnot about how people can get into this very interesting business. And um, and there's, quite frankly, there's a lot of frustration out there, too, because um InfoSec has the same problem that a lot of career fields have, which is the catch-22 when you're starting out. How can I get a job if I don't already have experience, but how can I get experience if I don't have a job? Um, And a lot of people are really uh, contending with that. But the way that I got into it was um, when at around a time that I was looking for a career change away from being a full-time musician and music teacher, uh, was that I started off in technical support at a company that makes uh, internet firewalls. And uh, that was such a good place to start. Um, I had enough technical aptitude and background and whatnot to handle the technical side of things for that. And uh, you know what? I will tell you that uh, nothing prepares you for handling uh, frustrated, angry customers on the phone, like being an inner city middle school uh, teacher. <laughs> so 
<laughs> so I'll tell you, by the time I was dealing with, you know, frustrated people who were abusing TCP IP in all kinds of creative ways, uh, it was, that turned out to be uh, something I was fairly good at. So anyway, I worked my way up through tech support and ended up running the uh, uh, third level support, which was the escalation right before engineering. And at that point, I was interfacing a lot with the product management folks. Um, and they wanted to get perspective on, you know, what was going on with customers out in the world with practitioners and how that might influence the product roadmap and feature prioritization and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, boy, this product management stuff seems kind of neat. And uh, I was spending more and more time with them and I got an opportunity to join that group. And so, um, so then I kind of never looked back. I was doing, um, the usual product management things of features and roadmap and stuff. But I also, as I was doing that, um, I increasingly started becoming what I kind of informally called the evangelist at, uh, at that company in terms of getting folks excited about what we were doing in, in the roadmap and excited about how to beat the competition and so forth. And, and talking about that with uh, inside the company, but also with our channel partners uh, around the world. And so that became a really important part of the product management work that I did. Uh, and it kind of blurred the lines between product management and product marketing. And, um, and that served me well over the years because I've, I've really had to wear both of those hats. And when I joined domain tools, um, they were looking for somebody that had security background and product management background and product marketing background. And so it was, it was a good match. And so, um, so that was what got me to the great DT. And um, I've been here since 2013, minus a, uh, a short interval where I experimented with drugs. No, no. Oh my gosh. I experimented <laughs> with uh, industrial control security, <laughs> which was interesting. But um, but really the best fit for me was uh, here at uh, Domain Tools. And so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of a, a, not a super short version, but at least I think I hit on some of the high points there. You know, um, you mentioned, you know, what Domain Tools was looking for. You know, you mentioned those three things and it sounds like you're kind of like a security unicorn in a way, but your title is security evangelist. And um, I, I, I think there might be a few people out there that don't know what that means, but would like to. Um, can, can you describe, you know, what that means to, to people outside of Domain Tools? Yeah, security evangelist is kind of a funny thing to have on your business card. And I always feel like there is a little bit of a risk that people will go, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of a BS title. But um, but I, it was the best way that I could think of to describe what some of the things are that I do. And in a nutshell, it's education uh, bidirectionally. So from an outbound perspective, it's helping explain uh, to the wider practitioner community what some of the power is behind the things that we've learned from practitioners about analyzing adversary infrastructure and uh, finding connections and mapping out connected assets and so forth, the kinds of things that our tools allow people to do. That was something that was not really widely done by a lot of security shops out there, you know, five or six or seven years ago. And 
we felt that it was important, not just for us at Domain Tools, but just to get the word out about the community. So I did a lot of, um, a lot of conference talks and whatnot that were totally vendor neutral that where I was just saying, look, there's a concept of a lot of things that are pretty powerful that you can learn from investigating this infrastructure. And, um, and so we need to talk to folks about it. And we, uh, we did that. And so that was a, an important part of what I've done. And I still continue to do that, um, more often these days, helping bring some of the research that our research team is doing or that I'm collaborating with them on, uh, out into various conferences and other venues and so forth. But the other direction is back inward. So I've, you know, I've been around InfoSec for about 20 years now. And, um, and I can use that background to help inform folks internally at Domain Tools um, about what the security ecosystem is like, what some of the concerns and, and practices and habits are of practitioners and that kind of thing as well. So those are the, uh, the main streams of what I do as security evangelist. I've also moonlighted as our product marketing person for a long time. Happily, now I have an excellent assistant on that. And so um, I can focus a little bit more on the evangelism side of things. But that's that's really what it's all about. I'm um, telling our story, uh, whether it's to conference audiences or the media or analysts or so forth. Um, it's telling the story of, sure, what we do at the main tools, but uh, more broadly, what the data that we've been collecting uh, offers from a forensic or pro, uh, proactive defense standpoint. So so that's very interesting. And um, I do want to also talk um, a little bit about podcasting. So so you and Kelsey LaBelle and Taylor Wilkes-Pierce have been the the three co-hosts for a, a while now, at least since the the time that that I've been with Domain Tools, which is, you know, over a year now. So do you have a favorite podcast memory or a favorite article that you've covered that you'd like to to reminisce on? Oh man, there are so many. I, I have a hard time with these best favorite all the superlative type questions, but I'll I'll pull out a couple of them. We did an episode a couple of years ago where Chad, who is also one of our common uh, co-hosts, um, went on a such a tear of pirate jokes. It just, he, he just about uh, incapacitated Kelsey <laughs> because he just kept going with them. It was magnificent. Uh, so we'll have to, we'll have to figure out, she'll probably know what episode I'm talking about. It might've been close to international talk, like a pirate day uh, of a couple of years ago. So that was one. And then, you know, a really recent one, the one that we did um, just a couple episodes back with quadrant security, when they were talking about that black Basta ransomware uh, attack and mitigation that they were involved with, man, that was, I mean, it was like a gripping yarn. It was so interesting to see how this thing unfolded and what they did uh, about it. So, you know, there's nothing like uh, spending time and talking with folks that are really out there doing this work. And so I, I absolutely love that episode and hope we get to do more kind of like that. So, um, Tim, with the time that we have left, um, you have some pretty interesting hobbies. Um, well, I will say that our uh, our recording today was delayed slightly by a 
radio communications check that I had to make as part of a volunteer job that I have leading a uh, an emergency communications group that's part of the Seattle Office of Emergency Management. I've been a ham radio operator for quite a long time, and we help out with communications in the event of major either emergencies or just things that require a lot of logistical type of coordination for the city of Seattle. And so, um, so I've been uh, a part of that group for about seven years and leading it for a little, uh, coming up on two years now. And so I love that. I love radio itself. It's been, that's been an interest of mine since I was a little kid, since I first understood what radio was, if I even still can be said to fully understand what it is. Um, and yeah, so that's a big interest in, in music. I am a classical uh, percussionist. And so I have this zoo of instruments in the room where I am right now. Uh, uh, snare drums and timpani and cymbals and noisemakers of all descriptions. Um, and that's only part of it because some of it's in storage to other things that are too big and numerous to fit in here. So yeah, so I've done a lot of work with symphony orchestras and opera companies and stuff like that. And I do that on a freelance basis. Um, just enough to, to, basically remember how to do it and uh <laughs> you know but uh so it's like a self-funding hobby but it's uh it's music has given me a lot of really memorable really cool experiences over the years so it's nice to have that as a counterpoint to um to InfoSec. and i do have i do have the distinction kelly you may not know this uh that i I played in the orchestra on the soundtrack of what many people consider the worst movie ever made, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> um, is there anything, you know, infosec-wise or or musically that you'd like to plug this year? Like, can can people catch you at any um, conferences or, you know, if, you, if they're in the Seattle area, could they, could they see you play somewhere? Infosec-wise... Uh, we, uh, I'll be at RSA, so uh, come by in the Domain Tools booth if you want to say hi. And if you're interested in being on Breaking Badness, hey, you know, we always love to talk to people in this community, as as you know. So we'll actually be doing some on-the-scene recordings at RSA this year. Uh, and I'll be at, at uh, Hacker Summer Camp and whatnot. And I usually make it to the Mandiant slash now Google MYs show in the fall, um, fortunate enough to have presented there a bunch of times and fingers crossed, maybe that'll happen again this year. And even if not, I'm going to try to attend it. That's in DC in the fall. So yeah, a few of those different things. And, uh, well, I'll be playing, um, I'll be playing in Tacoma near Seattle in, um, in March doing some Shostakovich music with a ballet company down there. So that's one, but you know, you never know there's a freelancer. These things come up, uh, sometimes in on short notice. So you never know. Hit me up. I'll tell you if you want <laughs> hit me up on social, I'll give you the calendar. Thank you, Tim, for being here. This was a great conversation. And our next victim is. All right. We are speaking with Kelsey LaBelle, who is our VP of Marketing here at Domain Tools. And you might also recognize her as one of the three main co-hosts of Breaking Badness. Welcome, Kelsey, to your brief uh, 
I don't know if we want to call it truncated uh, voices from InfoSec special domain tools segment. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Callie, thanks for having me. Um, I'm really curious as two hosts, because you have also hosted episodes of Breaking Badness, if we're going to get to the bottom of anything or if we're just going to keep asking each other questions back and forth. Until the I, end of time, I it could it could go that way if we <laughs> if we wanted to be that we could do that. We'll just you know uh, forever just pass it back and forth. Maybe some maybe some puns in there. Sure, sure, sure yeah, sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Naturally, uh, and and I guess speaking of that, anybody that has listened to Breaking Badness knows how good you are with puns. Like that is your thing. And I've always wanted to ask, is that just a natural gift or are you practicing? And, and that, and it's just, it's a muscle that you have honed. Um, You know, I don't sit in front of the mirror in a dark room for hours on end coming up with puns. I think my brain has just been rewired and none of the important stuff still exists in the little proteins shoving information around in my brain. It's just all puns now. It's just all terrible wordplay. I think it adds a lot of flavor to Breaking Badness. Um, definitely fun to listen to. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your path to InfoSec. I'm asking everybody. Everybody uh, cannot escape this question. But uh, did, did you know you always wanted to, you know, I guess, A, do marketing and then B, uh, do marketing, you know, in InfoSec? You know, marketing, yes. I grew up in Nike culture. I'm from um, uh, Nike Town, Oregon, Beaverton, for the most part. And um, I just fell in love with with marketing. Um, I was an athlete growing up, too, I guess. I don't know if I'd still consider myself an athlete, but what did you play? What sports? Um, soccer was my game for sure. Back in the day, I lived and breathed that. My brother did it, so of course I had to do what my older brother did, and he had he had a he had good taste there, so it kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah, but um, did I ever think I was going into infosec? Frankly, no. It's it really was about right place, right time with domain tools, and then I just. I fell in love with the space and the people in this space and the people at domain tools. And I think info security is one of those things that just recently hit the scene in terms of like sexy, sexy professional career growth opportunity. And I came in in 2015 and some important things were starting to happen along the lines of fancy bear and um, cybersecurity was a little bit more so in the public eye at that time or starting to gain traction there. And I just really appreciated how intelligent the folks were that um, we were trying to gain the attention of and support uh, with with our particular solution set. And something I also really appreciate is the cajoling of InfoSec. There's a lot of like challenging and there's a lot of dark, edgy humor and info security. And that's something I really appreciate. And I think there's... Um, we're all dealing with the paranoia and the anxiety of the internet together. And I think that's, that's kind of fun. And so that's kind of where breaking badness came from too, is trying to bring some light and some levity to a really scary and terrifying reality. That is the internet. Let, let's actually talk about that a little bit more uh, in depth of the, the podcast. Um, 
I've always wondered and just kind of looking back at, you know, our archives, uh, trying to trying to piece together, you know, how this came to be a little bit. Um, was this podcast your brainchild? And, and have you always been a co-host? You know, just 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 a little more uh, background on on the history, you know, because we, we're, you know, at 150 episodes. So how, how did we get here? How did we get here? I believe, man, was the year 2019. I'm trying to think of when our first episode came out. Episode, I think we called it episode zero, um, which is fun to think back on. I'm actually going to go look back in SoundCloud. there Because the funny thing, too, we're a little trickstery. We've actually had probably more like 180, you know, maybe like 175 total episodes. But we, we like to stick to the number tracks. So we've been going at this for quite a while, and we've done some mini-series like at RSA and Summer Camp, all that kind of stuff. Let's see. Yeah, we've been at this for four years. How crazy is that? So it must have been 2019 um, with our first episode, More Than a Weekend Update. And I don't think that there was any particular brainchild for the podcast. I think it's something we had talked about for a long time and something that's really interesting about audio we'll use the umbrella term marketing but i'll say audio communication is that pre-covid um there was this huge resurgence due to all of these mostly internet of things technologies that are out there whether it's your alexa or how you're managing your commute it's this gap in people's day where they like to learn and be productive but they can't read or use their hands necessarily or they might get sick on the bus commuting to work if they're trying to watch, say, a webinar, which is, you know, webinars are lovely, but they're not something that you tend to drink coffee and start your day with. And I think there was this recognition that at Domain Tools, we have so many fun personalities. And I think a lot of what makes a, a company like Domain Tools special is, is the people, obviously, that make up make up what's behind the brand and everything you see. So we just sort of had this moment of recognition. We do this annual, typically, webinar where we say, hey, we get a group of people together and say, what do you think is going to happen next year? And we had done a few of those. And at the end of the one in 2018, December of 2018, I think we thought, you know, we have the right people here to do a podcast. <laughs> like, I don't know. We have, we're having these engaging conversations in this banter live um, in the vacuum that is a webinar and why, why not produce that on a more regular basis and talk about things that we think our audience would enjoy. And that's kind of the, the seed that turned into a flourishing forest of breaking badness. And then from there, it was a matter of just, um, trial and error. Right. And there was a lot of support from a lot of folks. I think I'm lucky to say I'm, um, been one of the hosts that's been around since the very beginning. Um, Tim was as well, and then came back at full force to join that Breaking Badness team again. And there've been so many hosts over the years and so many guests that it's been its own special, I guess, little ecosystem at Domain Tools and beyond Domain Tools, which is really quite wonderful. Doing it, doing this podcast for this long, um, do you have any advice for other organizations um, in our space that uh, are listening to this and think, you know, we'd like to start a podcast too? Like, what, what would you say to them? I would say, yeah, go ahead. 
go for it. Um, <laughs> but more meaningfully, I'd say just think about what's going to make it special. I mean, we we joke about the puns, but I think something that sets Breaking Badness apart or the intention of what sets us apart is that we're really just three friends talking about stuff that our listeners are hopefully interested in. And we like to we like to have a fun time doing that and bring our full selves into the podcast. Um, I'd argue that and the frequency and the timeliness of what we're reporting on are what make Breaking Badness unique. So you just have to think about why why would folks want to engage with the material you're creating? What makes you special? Uh, because there are so many podcasts out there. It's an extremely saturated space because depending on how they're they're spun up, they're free like a puppy is free, right? And so you just have to make sure that they're meaningful to you as a, a host or a producer or whatever role you play in a podcast because they are lots of work um, and that your your audience cares about not only what you're saying, but how you're delivering that information or um, yeah, or, or whatever's in the, whatever is sort of the meat and potatoes of the podcast. So that would be my advice. Yeah, I think that's great. I agree with all of that. Um, do you have um, a favorite memory on Breaking Badness? Like, is there like a favorite moment um, that you can recall? Or maybe is there a story that was discussed that, um, that really resonated with you and, and you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, it's really hard. Picking even an, a favorite episode would be like having a favorite child in a way. And the same goes for folks that we've had on the podcast. And I would say that's this is kind of a, a cheap take, but my favorite memory is just all of the relationships that have come from Breaking Badness. I think there's nothing more meaningful than connection and being able to meet people in this space through the podcast has brought me so much joy, as well as even just the weekly banter, being able to virtually sit down with Taylor, Tim, and, and Callie, who's there too in the background, is so wonderful. It's it's a highlight of the week to be able to just have a conversation with friends, and and for that to be useful to other folks um, is is extremely meaningful. So I think just the the connections and the relationships that have come from the show, whether it's inside domain tools um, or outside in the greater security community, and um, that also locks into this idea that this this is my philosophy as a, as a person is that when you have a platform, you should be thoughtful about who you share that with. So being able to put the mic in front of people who may not have that opportunity typically is something that it, that makes me really excited because it's important that there's a lot of different voices in this space that get a say and get to share their experience and their, you know, their perspectives. So, um, those, those are my favorite memories. If, if that answers your question, Callie. It does. I thank you so much. I, and it, and it wasn't a cop out. I know you were just like, Oh, it's the people. No, I thought that was really beautiful. So maybe, um, Kelsey, um, as it just a final, uh, question, um, so people can get to know you, we know you like soccer, uh, but what else, uh, do you like to do outside of work? Let's see. Outside of work. Um, you know, I love spending time with family and friends and playing with playing with my dog is probably uh, number number two there. And let's see outside of that. I just love I love music. 
Um, and so anytime that I can listen to music or play music or talk about music, whether or not that's against somebody's will, um, my wife may, <laughs> it may be like, oh, it's more than I bargained for. We <laughs> took a deep dive into that topic of Brandy Carlisle, who's the best artist of all time. And I will, I will risk my reputation saying that, um, she's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, those, those are the things that bring me the most joy. And a lot of that again is kind of going back to connection. I really do feel like music is a way to, to first of all, have the feels and be connected to how one is feeling in a particular moment through melody and through lyrics. And then also with connecting and being vulnerable with, with other human beings. Okay. Well, I said that was the final question, but this is the final, final question. Um, where can people find you this year? Are you going to be at any conferences uh, you want to plug or uh, where could, if people wanted to catch up with you, where would be uh, the best place to do that? This year, due to some family related stuff, the best way to get in touch with me is probably on Mastodon. Um, I am still on Twitter, but I'm not nearly as active there as I am on Mastodon. Uh, I try to check it every once in a while, but that's um, puns and roses with an extra S in both places. And I'm in the InfoSec Mastodon. Um, and I believe the IOC one too, but mostly I'm in the InfoSec Exchange itself. So those are probably the best places to reach me. I'm happy to like chat on on Signal and stuff like that. But yeah, feel free to to, to holler at me. I won't be at as many shows this year and maybe I'll share about that a little bit later on. But um, yeah, just hit me up on the old information superhighway and I'll be there. I'd love to chat and if you want to be on the podcast, also don't hesitate to reach out. We want to we want to get again unique voices and ideas out there, out there. So hit me up. All right. Well, now we are going to be talking with Taylor Wilkes Pierce, who is Global Director of Solutions Engineering here at Domain Tools. Taylor, hello, happy hello. To have you on? Yeah, and you're actually. I'm, if if people don't already know, you're one of the three main co-hosts of Breaking Badness. Boy, I hope they know at this point. I've just they're like, why does this guy keep showing up? <laughs> I'll listen to the next episode and maybe it won't be there. <laughs> no, I don't think people think that at all. Um, but yeah, so so we wanted to, you know, take this time, um, you know, because you've been on the podcast for the entire time I've been with Domain Tools, which is a, a year. Ha, like, has it been longer than that? Yeah, I think like I snuck said- on. A few uh, a few times early on, and then as folks have uh, left spaces, I've jumped in those seats and you know shown up to uh, deliver <laughs> uh, bad jokes and movie reviews. And <laughs> um, for for folks who don't know, what what exactly do you do at Domain Tools? It's I'm assuming it's solutions engineering on a global scale. But can you elaborate what that means? Uh, if you are a Domain Tools customer and you have dealt with us in the last, I mean, I, I'm going on six years here uh, pretty soon, uh, and you have talked to us about how stuff works or like, um, you know, what types of queries can we return data for? Uh, what type of data do we have? How is it available? Where can it go and what can it do? Uh, there's a good chance you've talked to me or, or at this point, someone on my team. Very cool. Yeah. Lovely. And have you always 
wanted to be in InfoSec? Was this like the goal or did you did you have it like a interesting path that that took you here? Yeah, you know it's interesting. Like InfoSec as a like field of choice is a relatively like recent phenomenon to computing. Um, in some ways, right? In some respects, obviously, you can read stuff like uh, you know Cuckoo's Egg and and other stuff of like very early hacking and, and hacking and, and information security concerns. And a lot of that stuff is like base fundamental level. Like um, you know, don't. Don't give your password to somebody else and let them do stuff with it. You know, as a kid, I learned to program and and hop on to like the proto web, which were bulletin board systems and things like that at a pretty young age. Um, so, you know, I've, I, I, don't remember not knowing how to like, I kind of remember not knowing how to touch type, but, uh, you know, my dad was a writer. We, we had a, an old 8086 machine in the house, um, from a young age. And that's very old. <laughs> it was 4.77 megahertz. Uh, it had two five and a quarter floppy drives. You could like swap stuff in and out. And one of those we ended up replacing with a 20 megabyte hard drive, which at the time was like, you know, boy, you'll never fill this thing up. And now that's like half a website. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always like always kind of been around computers, taking things apart, putting them together. Um, that computer survived. The next one I had actually lit on fire when I was trying to upgrade it. That was very exciting. Um, and so I can't remember, you know, not really tinkering around with stuff, trying to break things and fix them. Um, sometimes breaking them on accident. Some of it was like when you get into computer games, you've got to like if you have like an old machine, you can squeeze some extra performance out of it by customizing the way it boots and what it loads and what it doesn't load and you know getting down to that kind of uh atomic hardware level with that stuff um was like i don't know i just kind of glommed onto that very early on uh and then you know have worked in tech for a long time um uh, certainly not what i would consider infosec right so i worked at aws a long time ago uh and then i spent five years working with um uh, like some like a virtualization technology um, where we were we had our own kernel um, that, that we were updating and security was like front of mind and like one of the like biggest kind of light bulb moments other than like hey you always got to have best practices around information security and here's what some of those are was the heartbleed bug it was a huge bug in SSL uh, that like basically we had to help patch for, you know, every single customer all at once. Um, and I'm sure folks may remember that. But um, yeah, that was when I kind of realized that that's I mean, if I look back, that's like, OK, that's when I really, uh, you know, started taking the InfoSec world seriously, I guess. But it was always like a best practices, right? Like, um, here's how you. Uh, you know, like harden a server or, you know, do uh, IP table stuff, you know, like super old stuff. And even, you know, even earlier than that, if, if folks remember like the booters and stuff that came around with America online, um, there's like a lot of um, interesting stuff done there <laughs> as a kid. Um, so, yeah, I guess I've always kind of been in it. I slightly detoured out of it to examine the rest of uh, information technology and, and found myself back there. <laughs> I'll say I remember the first time I remember um, I made a phishing page. And this would have been like the early 90s where um, so I had that said 8086 machine at home, green monochrome display, super small, uh, you know, again, la laughable. Uh, and then. And then at school, we had these IBM, uh, I think they were 
286s maybe at the time, but they were running uh, like a, the IBM education network packaging thing. And I remember writing, um, this was in, this would have been basic or I think it was maybe basic at home and QBasic at school, uh, like a, a fake login page that basically recreated the real one, would completely indistinguishable because it used the exact same ASCII characters and, and, and like color sets and all that stuff. Uh, and then would like write out uh, usernames and passwords to a file. Um, and so I remember that was, <laughs> so having done that in, in the early nineties, yeah, I think maybe InfoSec was always kind of, uh, a part of it for me. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's so cool though, that, that you've always, you know, had that penchant for it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I because I want to, I want to get into podcasting a little bit. We talked about how, you know, you're not, you weren't necessarily part of the original crew, um, but you but you've been on for a while. So so you must have a favorite podcast memory at this point, or is there a memory or a favorite article that that's been covered on here that you'd like to, you know, reminisce about? Oh, that's a good question. So I'd say that this is ironic. Some of my favorite episodes are the ones that I'm not on. <laughs> Well, because we they get these great interviews of folks and they're really, you know, I, I get to, you know, it's really fun to learn a lot and, and, and hear my friends talking to those folks, right? So, yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you have like a, a specific one? Like, like when you say friends, like who, who's your friend? Oh, who's your best oh, friend? Who's my, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, gee, <laughs> who's my best friend? Oh, no. <laughs> You're just trying to start fights here on this episode. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, yeah. You'll see how I'm gonna weave it together. <laughs> <laughs> I know the next cut is gonna be like Chad. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I like Taylor, but he's not my best friend. I'm his best friend, and I yeah. love that for him. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, look, anything with Chad on it. Um, and like Joe Slowick was on a, a few too back in the day. So I would say, yeah, like Chad, Mel Cookies, Joe, uh, the CEO of Tromso, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not on that episode. <laughs> I know, I know, but I love it. I love that episode. Uh, cause they're, you know, they're so into that stuff. It's, I love hearing people, um, you know, when they're passionate about something and have a lot of knowledge about it and breaking badness attracts a lot of really phenomenal folks that aren't me that I get to listen to that I love. <laughs> Alyssa was on an episode that was really, really good too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Again, like <laughs> they get these wonderful guests that are just much smarter than me uh, that I love to hear. Uh, let's let's pivot a little bit um, from talking about InfoSec to to talking about you as a person. So so we know you have you have some kids. Uh, what what else uh, would would you want to share with listeners about what you do outside of work? Um, I do a lot less now that I have kids. <laughs> no, I just, you know, you're like, oh, I only go chase them around, which is great. I wouldn't change that for the world. Um, but outside of that, I loved, I'm a runner. Uh, I, I, I hear people go to like an avid runner. I don't know if I'm an avid runner. Uh, what what's your definition of an avid? I don't know. I, I think it's a self defined term. If someone says I'm an avid runner, then they're an avid runner. I am just a runner. I don't know that I'm avid about it, uh, but I, it is you know uh, a thing that I can do. 
<laughs> a thing that I like you, that I like, and that I enjoy doing to a degree. <laughs> do you do it every day? Uh, most I'd say most days. Yeah, um, that, that seems avid. Yeah, I guess I, you know it, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where I, what I really love is basketball. And there was like about a year and a half there where just we didn't play basketball, so I picked up running in in kind of the meantime to um, I guess feel better about myself. I don't know. <laughs> well, Taylor, you. We're at quite a number of conferences last year. My challenge to you is can you name them all in 15 seconds or less? <laughs> you know, it's funny is no, I can't. There's too, too many. Uh, and that's when other... Do you want me you to try? You don't have to. I just thought it would be funny to ask. Do you want... Do You, you could, could try. I could try. Yeah. All right. Sure. Gonna, wait, can I set a timer? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You I, tell me. Oh, I, <laughs> wait, can I? Here's the thing is getting to it. Fat. Well, we have that. We have that number that's ticking up, right? On our, on wait. our cast oh, screen wait. here. Here we, we, here we go. I set one. Here we go. And go. Okay. Okay. So there was Wild West Hacking Fest both in San Diego and in uh, South Dakota. And then there's Black Hat US and Europe and RSA and Splunk and Falcon and Sands. Uh, Defeer, oh. of course, and Austin. Oh, I only got <laughs> that. was a lot. I was really impressed. I was like, I was like, oh no, he's <laughs> naming like the locations that's going to eat up his time. But you still make a lot of them. Well, I was like, well, I've got like, you know, at least with Wild West Hacking Fest and with Black Cat, you've got kind of two and one there. Talking about shows, uh, just as we as we kind of wrap this up. Uh, so so you went everywhere last last year. Are you are you anticipating you're you're going to be going everywhere again? Is there is there anything coming up that that you want to plug where where people can catch you? Oh, Oh, I would I would love to meet folks um, at RSA. I'd love to meet folks at Black Hat. Um, those are the two kind of anchor ones that I am like. All right, well, I'm going to go to those almost no matter what. Um, and that kind of kind of bookends the the show season a little bit. Well, cool. That's that's a lot of shows that that people can can find you, and I'm sure we'll keep people up to date on, you know, the, these other shows as they come up because, you know, like these smaller shows pop up and I'm sure you'll be going there, but yeah, but thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time, uh, to, to be on this, on this podcast today. I'm sure people want to get to know our co-hosts a little bit better. So it's always great to have. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. I enjoy uh, every minute of, of hanging out with y'all on the pod and uh, looking forward to 150 more. And now we are speaking with Mr. Ian Campbell, who is a security operations engineer here at Domain Tools. And we actually have um, an employee spotlight that we did on uh, a couple months ago. Um, but for but Ian, for those that maybe didn't get a chance to check that out, um, uh, tell us a little bit about you know who you are and, and your role at Domain Tools. So I'm a security operations engineer, which means I uh, I assist the CISO in uh, our internal security posture and um, make sure that. 
we have uh, uh, a more secure posture every day. Can't always, uh, can't ever call us uh, fully secure unless the whole internet is down. But um, I like to, uh, uh, where I can make sure that we're making progress. Awesome. And did you always want to be in InfoSec? Did you like, did that start out as a, as a goal for you or how did you, how did you land here? So this is about my third or actually, well, yeah, third or fourth career. Definitely had a non-traditional path to InfoSec. Uh, my first career was as a pharmacy technician of all things, uh, then uh, moved to uh uh, police dispatch, an emergency service dispatch. Um, from there, uh, after about 10 years there, um, decided it was time to move out of it. I had been uh, growing in terms of both skill and interest in technology and was doing some uh, freelance stuff on the side. So uh, uh, after about 10 years, pivoted to uh, full-time technology stuff, which um, wasn't, uh, I was a terrible freelancer um, and most of that was uh, IT support and uh, business support. And I was terrible at it because I, I didn't like the, um, uh, uh, a lot of uh, non-technical stuff. I was terrible at selling myself. I was terrible at the marketing and uh, uh, similar aspects. And I was also terrible at the paperwork. So I, I moved from there to start working with institutions and uh, ended up working in Congress. I worked as a third-party uh, uh IT or uh, third-party systems administrator, uh, walking the halls of Congress every day. Um, I eventually tired of that, uh, walking on marble and concrete all day definitely does, does a number on your feet. So uh, from there, I ended up moving to uh, Farsight Security as a uh, uh, IT engineer. And uh, as we know, uh, Domain Tools acquired Farsight. In the reorganization, I uh, moved to security, which had long, long been an interest of mine. So I want to pivot just a little bit um, to talk a little bit about um, something else that you do at Domain Tools, which is um, you run the Neurodivergent um, Employee Resource Group, or you know ERG for short. And I think listeners would be interested in hearing a bit about that. And we also have a blog post on that, which, you know, I'll share in the show notes um, for this particular podcast. But can, can you talk about, you know, what that group is and, and what the goals are? Yeah, that's that's been a fantastic experience so far. Um, uh, after things settled around the uh, uh, Farsight acquisition, um, uh Human Resources has a diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, initiative that they uh, try to uh, uh, utilize to make domain tools a more uh, uh, diverse, equal, and um, or equitable and inclusive workplace. Um, so um, Lexi and uh, um, Kelly Malloy came to me under the DEI initiative and because uh, I had posted a couple things in Slack about neurodivergence and neurodiversity. And uh, they and uh, HR in general wanted to um, uh, complement our uh, excellent and fantastic uh, women's ERG with a neurodiverse ERG. And they were looking for someone to uh, facilitate that. 
Um, so I, I um, definitely jumped at the chance. And uh, I'm always careful in the terminology in that I facilitate um, the neurodiverse, uh, neurodiversity ERG. Um, I definitely don't run it. The group itself is uh, owned, uh, operated, and um, managed by its members. All the members own it. So um, it, it's super important to not center anyone in particular. But um, it's been fun to um, just sort of start um, getting word of mouth out and um, getting people together under the guise of talking about our experiences, neurodiverse people. And um, uh, um, in general, we allow um, allies and other folks to uh, join our meetings as well so that they can hear about our experiences. We've talked about things like working experiences, personal experiences, and how being neurodiverse seems to um, uh, cause them to differ from uh, the experience of experiences of neurotypical folk. Um, we we tend to hear each other out. You know, we meet to hear each other out and um, act as a, a bit of a venting function so that people can talk about um, uh, what frustrates them relevant to uh, neurodiversity and especially in the workplace. And um, uh, sometimes we also talk about uh, directly how we could uh, change the workplace or how we'd like to see the workplace changed to be more uh, neurodiverse friendly. Um, so, uh, it, 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 it's established not necessarily to solve a problem, but more so that we can express solidarity in a safer space. But, um, there's also opportunities, um, that allow us to advocate in the larger domain tools organization. I like that a lot. Thanks, Ian. Um, let's pivot, um, to talking a little bit about the podcast, um, because, at this point, I've, I've kind of lost count how many times you've been on Breaking Badness, um, but it's it's at least been five, if not more. Um, but at this point, you must have a favorite moment, perhaps, or um, is there a favorite article that that's been discussed on the on the podcast that you'd like to mention? Just any any memories uh, on which you'd like to reminisce. So being on the on the podcast has been fantastic. Um, it, it's been really fun, um, regardless of you know who's hosting uh, on that particular day or uh, who the other uh, guests are. Um, uh, and it's definitely something completely new to me. It's not something that I've done before. So uh, I, I I've always appreciated uh, everybody else helping me uh, uh, move through it. Um, I'd say in terms of favorite moments, uh, I've, I've actually got two. And the first, and I, I'm going to sound like a, a company guy. The first is uh, when um, uh, CISO and VP of IT, Daniel Schwalbe, was uh, on. And uh, he decided to throw a wrench into tr two truths and a lie um, uh, by uh, uh, doing, uh, uh, I can't remember if it was all truths or all lies, but um, he ended up monkey wrenching the uh, the system. And uh, as as a hacker, as a uh, infosec uh, professional, that always speaks to me. Of course, he's also my boss, so saying nice things about my boss is always a good idea. Um, the second uh, favorite podcast moment was probably uh, the recent uh, Voices of Infosec podcast that was done with Quadrant Security and Tim Helming. Um, 
not necessarily a single moment there, but the entire podcast was uh, Quadrant talking about uh, responding to a Black Buster uh, ransomware um, event for a client. And between the two Quadrant Sec folks and Tim Helming and Sean McNee, the um, narrative ended up so compelling that it really spoke to one of the reasons that I'm in security and one of the things that keeps me excited and going. It was just, it was such a com compelling story and compelling conversation. So maybe um, before we break, um, is there anything um, outside of work that you want to share um, that, that you really enjoy? Um, any hobbies or, or special interests that, uh, you know, you'd li you like to do, you know, when you're not on the clock? Uh, so I'm a pretty voracious reader. I, I love reading pretty much anything I can get my hands on. Um, a lot of times I favor nonfiction more than fiction, but it's not a, an ex exclusive thing. Um, definitely a fan of uh, reading horror and especially uh, like subgenres of horror, like, uh, like folk horror or uh, speculative horror. But also um, science fiction and uh, other genres are fun, too. Um, uh, one of the moments that I knew Domain Tools uh, was going to be a good place for me after the acquisition was coming into Slack and seeing that we had a book recommendations channel, channel just for book recommendations. I'm like, ah, my people. Um, so the uh, and I'd say the other um hobby I have, uh, main hobby I have besides that is uh, a pretty typical one for InfoSec, which is uh, locksport and lockpicking, which is just this fun uh, little, um, uh, it, it's, uh, I think one of the reasons I really like it is that it's physical and it's embodied and my hands actually have to be doing something. So I'm not reading a screen. I'm not listening to something. My hands actually have to be active and I have to pay attention to these little tiny sensations. And uh, just to have something embodied like that outside of my tech work and my reading and uh, whatnot is, is a really nice change. So we're going to we're going to wrap this up. Um... Are you going to be at any shows or conferences this year um, where people can can catch up with you or say hi if, if they so choose? Uh, anything you want to plug? I don't have any uh, conferences scheduled. Uh, I am a, a, a huge fan of going to conferences, especially uh, B-Sides ones. Um, the the community is just fantastic to interact with. I don't have anything um, scheduled at the moment. Um, they can always find me uh, um, through the site and uh, uh, through Domain Tools. And uh, I think there's a couple places where uh, my Mastodon account is mentioned, and they can find us on Mastodon as well. So um, people can always reach out there. Perfect. And yes, I'm going to definitely link your Mastodon account again. You're very prolific on there. Um, but thank you so much, Ian, for taking the time to, to talk to me today for our 150th episode. This was a great conversation, and I think everybody's going to enjoy getting to learn a little more about you. So thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Kelly. Happy to be part, uh, part of it. This has been a great episode, but we're going to leave things here for now. But tune in next week for part two of our big 150th episode celebration. 
We hope you enjoyed and we will catch you back here next week for part two. Thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>